And gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast, and we're back in person. I don't know which one of these episodes is going to air first. We keep having this joke recurring, but this is our first time having a recording session in person in 14 months. It's so good to be here on a decent recording soundboard, and I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I am joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Hot Toddy. Good to be with you, dear listeners. And just glad to bring you something on uh, decent audio quality that's not Zoom. And tonight, we are revisiting a topic from four years ago? Five? Probably it's been five. been a while. Yeah. We are going to talk about horror comedy again. And we're going to rehash it. And hopefully there's not as much dead air as there was in the first episode. And uh, I just have to say right off the top, I'm Grizzly Abner, and I love horror comedy. Uh, I am Professor Wagstaff. I'm trying to avoid dead air like previous uh, episodes. <laughs> no, uh, the old episode with Brian Blair, we still got some good stuff out there. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I love horror comedies. What I think is the most interesting thing about this topic is that it is a much more delicate balance than you would ever think about until you really lay it out on the table and look at it. It's a tough line. It's a tough line to balance. And that's why there haven't been many great ones over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our, our horror comedy episode previously was episode 40. That's Ooh, early. Wow. So what are we up to it, now? It has been a while. We're up to like 180-something? 187, yeah. I think, will be yeah. our next one. 187. I love 187. Fuck around. <laughs> Find out. So uh, this will actually be Toddy's first venture into horror comedy with us. Uh, the first time around, it was myself, the professor, Mad Chan. Venomous Vinny was with us before he was a regular fixture on the show. And good friend, Brian Blair from Pumpkin Pulp Studios. Pumpkin Pulp Studios or Productions? What is it, Vinny? Pumpkinpulp.com. You can Pumpkin go check them out. They make a lot of latex com. masks and other horror props. Yes. Tonight's episode is brought to you part by Pumpkin <laughs> Pulp. Also part of Scaravania Haunted House. Yes. Uh, so this is Hot Toddy's first time in the car with us for this conversation. Which is why I wanted to specify because I didn't want you to like lose your shit because you were like, I said horror comedy, <laughs> not comedy horror. <laughs> yeah, so Toddy's going to find a way to talk about Batman. Oh, I'm still going to figure out a way to piss you off. <laughs> Batman Returns isn't comedy horror. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, Hello. why? <laughs> I'm going to start with one here. And. Let's talk about a little film that we've talked about in other episodes. Uh, 2001 Maniacs. Horror comedy? Can I can I get some agreement on that? I would definitely agree. Yeah. Even more so than the original it's building off of. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. from Gordon Lewis. Um, it's, I think the most interesting thing about this topic is that you have to respect both in order for it to be a success yeah. for this topic. Yeah. Now you can have a really good horror movie with some comedy elements or vice versa, but for it to be a true good horror comedy, you have to take both serious and find the fine line to balance through the film. And that is insanely difficult. We're going to talk about that with some sequels. I want to get into that in this conversation and that some of these sequels that were based on very serious horror movies, are they truly horror comedies or not? So that being said, 2001 Maniacs, I don't remember if we talked about it on the, the last episode when we talked about this, but I know we've talked about it on other episodes as we've delved into different genres, but it's it's a lot of fun. Spring Breakers in the South. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Ghosts of the Confederacy. A laugh a minute with Robert England. So throw one out, anybody. Horror comedies that you, you really gravitate towards. You said gravitate towards. I had a couple down here kind of off of what you said of, uh, I guess they'd be kind of remakes that the first one was serious. And then the, like Stepford Wives. I don't know if it's just the subject matter and, and the time period of when the first one came out to, I think the the remake was 2004, mm-hmm. but the new the newer one was not serious whatsoever. So okay. I don't know if it's just because of uh, uh, of the the original 70s. So I don't know if maybe it's the roles have changed and that especially female audiences wouldn't be down with watching uh, women go, I'm a housewife and that's all I am and. Never thought about that one. Never seen it. Um, so Stepford Wives, um, Little Shop of Horrors and is another one. Of my one. favorites of all time. I, I, I believe when I first guessed it on the show, Little Shop of Horrors listed as one of my top five. Yeah, we used to ask guests, what's your top five? Yeah, And probably still to this day, this one, Little Shop of Horrors had a, a big impact on me. Number one. When I was introduced to it, I was at an age that it was appropriate for me to watch. And we had a videotape at our house, a pirated copy on VHS. My dad copied off. Uh, I watched this movie so many times. I had gerbils when I was a kid, male and female, named Audrey and Seymour. (laughs) I Richard Gere. I I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I have the Blu-ray now that has the original ending on it that was changed. Yeah, director's cut. Makes a big difference. Oh, you mean the Total Bummer ending? Yes, the one that was used on Broadway but doesn't translate as well on film because – at least on Broadway, the actors came out and took a bow afterwards. Yeah, uh, that movie is fantastic, and I put this over in the original one. I'm going to do it again. The articulation of the puppeteering in the Audrey Two in that movie, you could nearly put a deaf person in front of that and have them be able to read the lips oh, on yeah. that plant the way it. It articulates. I absolutely love Little Shop Wars of Rick Moranis in it. I, I think it's fantastic. Professor, it is the jam. So we're just talking about favorites? Yeah, any I yeah, I mean I think we all love Little Shop of Horror. Just throw one out. Um just keep weaving this tapestry. To me, there are <clears throat> three that are the best. Generationally. Avon Costello meet Frankenstein. Absolutely. 
American Werewolf in London. There mm-hmm. you go. Because I am a big mark for the howling, but I recognize that the howling puts the horror first yeah. and the horror second. Um, American Werewolf in London balances it perfect, and Shaun of the Dead. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. think that those three, and I'm not trying to go right out of the gate, but I just think those are important to mention. That's the foundation of this whole topic but from very different filmmakers at different times because all of those took the horror serious. Yeah. They still brought the last, but they never made the last at the expense of the horror. Yeah. And so, uh, especially Alan Costello meet Frankenstein. Those are such beloved characters um, that they were never lampooning those. They were still, the laughs were coming from Abbott and Costello. Right. And the monsters were still taken serious for the most part. And I think that's what makes it, so great over time. I wouldn't be sitting at this table without Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. It's a perfect movie. Yeah. Um, and to find the balance between those two is the highest level of entertainment. Um, to be able to achieve both the elements of horror and comedy, both of which are not easy to do, and do that within the same film, it's perfection. Legit. Yeah, but if I had to pick one, um, it, American Werewolf in London, I think it's just a perfect balance with Rick Baker's special effects. Um, it, it's funny, but the horror is legit. Yeah. Man, the horror is scary. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess at the core of it, though, it's, it's the balance of it that I just think is it's, it's the dragon we chase as filmgoers. It's the ultimate entertainment because neither is taking itself too serious. You're getting both. Yeah. And that's yeah. what's so fun about it. And that's a good point we brought up in the last episode and that it's it's not easy to pull off a good horror comedy. At all. <laughs> There's lots that fail. Yeah. And so yeah, you just you just named these these cornerstones. And there's no one at this table that wouldn't agree that, I mean, those are three of the greats. And I try to think, and I'm like, I'm sure there's stuff before, but to me, if I was thinking of like, what's the first, I would, my mind's going to go to Abbott and Costello. Yeah. I'm sure there was stuff before it, but. Yeah. There was, but not as good as. And I think just the idea too, um, and which is, is weird. I know that, uh, Paramount was actually kicking around like, like Cheech and Chong meets Jason Voorhees. (laughs) Like that was early on. I've been there for it. For sure. Grizz, I have to ask, has anything changed with you since the last time we talked about it with Young Frankenstein? <laughs> I knew that question was coming. I honestly, I haven't rewatched it, but as it has marinated in my mind, I still think about the movie and get some laughs from my memories. So I may have a softer stance on it. I know... That after we did the Frankenstein episode, what was it? Son of Frankenstein hit for you big time. Yes. And I, I should rewatch the film. And I think young Frankenstein would do better for you now because you have such an appreciation for that movie. Yeah. Because Son of Frankenstein has become my favorite Frankenstein film. Now, of course, having to tell me Frankenstein always going to be on top. Sure. Uh, you know, the original Frankenstein, a masterpiece. But yeah, Son of Frankenstein is probably my favorite Frankenstein Same film, here. and so I should revisit uh, Young Frankenstein due to that. I think, I think it would hit different for you. Definitely now. pulls from yeah, big time. Big, yeah. Young Frankenstein, as you watch the whole series of the Universal movies, Son almost fits right in with it because you went, you know, Son of, Ghost of, House of. 
then you go young. I think if you watched it now, you might have a different opinion. Well, can't do it because I gave my Blu-ray to the professor. <laughs> <laughs> On air, I believe. Um, yeah. Let me pick out another one here. Yeah. I mean, we could all talk. We could all gush for hours about Shaun of the Dead. We already have. It's a modern masterpiece. Mm, in, absolutely. In. Now, when we talk about sequels, let's let's bring this up real quick because I don't think we delved much into this. Obviously, franchises that were built upon serious first films, which is not what I'm about to mention, but sequels that came out and were a little more comedic than their predecessors. Um, I'm going to throw one out that's obvious, but then I also want to get into the minutia of it. But uh, Ghoulies Three, you know, not what, that, you, man, you just threw me off. <laughs> not that Ghoulies One was that serious, but Ghoulies One is bonkers. Like it's about like a a cult bringing these ghoulies to life, and for most of us, your image of a ghoulie, where is that ghoulie emerging from? The toilet. The toilet, right? That's not, where, that's not where the sequels went. That's not so part three. Toilet. It doesn't happen in part one. Right? Well, I think it's because of the poster. Yeah. So part one is so... That poster's so, iconic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen until they go to college. I don't think it's in part two where they're at the, the traveling fair. But Ghoulies 3 is like a hilarious... Like we've talked about, we might do like a college horror episode. Ghoulies Go to College is right there. And it's funny. It's a funny sequel. The first one is not a horror comedy. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So run with that if you will. If you will. I would think say about say following that then, Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2. Absolutely. Like, Gremlins 1. It's a lot of humor. Yeah, but there's a lot of like humor, but I would, I don't know that I'd call it a horror comedy. I would say, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is the ultimate example. Bingo. Absolutely. Like, Bingo. Even, that even was the marketing of that one. Well, and because Hooper. Hooper. Um, <laughs> Hooper said that the first one was a comedy, which is absurd. Yeah, I do not get that. He, I mean, he always stood by that. That, that was after he, he smoked lots yeah, it's like, of weed. Oh, man, that's, uh, that's a pretty – I mean, there's some comedic elements to it with them around the dinner table. But for the most part, that's a pretty terrifying movie. Yeah. So he really went full throttle. With the second one. And what's interesting about it is while the second one is nowhere near as important of a film uh, for the history of horror movies, it's a better directed film. It's stylized. He does everything he wants in that. Yeah, in part two. And so I think that part two is an interesting exercise in really taking a look at this balance we're talking about in horror and comedy because that is much more overt with his leaning into comedy because he claims the first one was, and I don't know anybody that watches Texas Chainsaw Massacre and thinks it's funny. No. Um, so he missed the mark on that. So he really leans heavily into it in the second one. And the second one has more money behind it. Um, and it's a much more stylized film. And so I think it is one of the, the more interesting dissections for this topic is Texas Chainsaw too. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's such a fucking bizarre movie, <laughs> especially as a sequel to the first one. But yeah. it's Hooper directing unhinged. Yeah, and you, I think that out of all the movies he made, that's probably the most him. Yeah, and the it's interesting in the main cover art, not the original, but the main cover art was the recreation of the Breakfast Club cover yeah. art. Yeah, other sequels. 
I was going to say, um, not that the, the first one's got a lot of humor in it, but Return of the Living Dead, too. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. it, there's well, not really any scares. and well, it's. I would say the original, it, it's horror, but it's still pretty horror it's comedy. It's got some goofiness, yeah. Yeah. Well, and maybe the when I saw the original, it, it scared the shit out of me because I was probably just at the right age to see it. But, but two, it just wasn't. I would watch that with family members that hated horror movies, and they like part two because it was just goofy yeah. all around. I think that two classic horror movies that have a lot of humor infused with them are The Invisible Man and Bride of Frankenstein. Those are two movies that that are iconic horror movies. But if you when you go back when you watch them. There's a lot of humor in that. James Whale. Yes. Both times. He, he had such a such an eccentric sense of humor. But you're right. They they both have a a, a very distinct flavor of humor to them. Which um, which which he was allowed to use at that point. You won't find that Frankenstein because he was still establishing himself coming off uh, as a stage director into the screen. Mm-hmm. But my bride an invisible man he had his clout which very early on shows you the marriage between the two sure that that it alleviates some of the tension and what otherwise especially at that time what was horrifying subject matter and, and movies you you mix in a little bit of humor with it and then to balance out the horror as well, to where to where people yeah. are completely disgusted on their way out. And the balance is great entertainment. Mm-hmm. Another sequel that came to mind was one of Todd's favorite dead end sequels, Chud Two. Yeah, Bud Chud. Bud the Bud the Chud. Bud the Chud. I just showed that to Gary for the first time. <laughs> Lots of good laughs. It ruins uh, movies after that because it's like, <laughs> how am I going to top this? Yeah. How do you come back from how good Chud Two Bud the Chud was? Like, there's, it's just, it's almost like Chainsaw Two. There's just like no real connection to the original crime. Right. It's so out there and. uh yeah, that one that that's got to be a horror comedy. I mean, they 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 knew what they were doing with that one. I would say again, like Living Dead, uh not that the the original didn't have humor, but two had a lot of humor, but Army of Darkness by the time the third movie yes. came out. Yes. Even Evil Dead 2 I, I started say, to incorporate yeah. some. Yeah, but yeah, I would agree with Todd that it was like full blown like they knew what they were, and then from there on out, I mean, when you get Ash versus Evil Dead and all that kind of thing, it just completely marries the two genres together, and it works tremendously. Same way with, um, again, not that the there's a lot of humor in the series, but by Bride of Chucky, Bride of Chucky, they were not going for scares, which Bride of Chucky worked really well, I thought. And then feeding off of that, Cedar Chucky was the same idea, but Cedar Chucky didn't work so well. Shit. (laughs) Crash and burn. Yeah. Bride of Chucky. I'm going to get in a lot of hot water for this. Bride of Chucky is my favorite Chucky film. I think it's one of the better in the franchise, actually. Yeah. It stands out, certainly, from the franchise. Certainly. Professor... What do you think about Bride of Chucky? Uh, <laughs> Bride of Chucky, when we did the franchise episode, was much more entertaining than I'd ever given it credit for. I still like the first couple. 
just for the sure the simple yeah. approach of it. But yeah, it's 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 better than I had initially given it credit for. I still won't come down on see when you get that, that deep into a franchise, and you are still putting out an entertaining sure episode. Jennifer Tilly especially helps. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. Uh, Vinny, you went back and listened to it. Did we talk much in the previous uh, covering of this topic about what we do in the shadows? Uh, I don't remember that we covered much of that back then. Because, uh, yeah, I, again, I don't know if we even mentioned it. But, like, what we do in the shadows has been, to me, the best horror comedy since Shaun of the Dead. It really was so well done. And even beyond that movie to the TV series. Oh, I love the TV series. It just, I, it's hard to even explain because it's a different brand of comedy than I think we as an American audience are used to. Which is why I think Sean worked as well. And I believe so. I believe that is accurate as well. Because Sean of the Dead was... I don't even know how to articulate it. Like, Shaun of the Dead came out of nowhere with us. Zombies were all the rage. And then here comes this thing that... And that one, I think, is almost perfection on maintaining that balance of being genuinely scary in parts and then being absolutely hilarious in other parts. So, yeah, I I I don't know what it is that maybe the American... Uh, filmmakers aren't capturing, but those those two definitely are things. And I would even throw uh, one cut of the dead that we covered recently as an as well. absolutely hilarious, completely well done horror comedy. Yeah. I said to go off the British uh, attack the block. Another good one. Yeah, it just announced a sequel. I did see that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it is interesting that the best horror comedies of the last two decades have not been American-made mm-hmm. films. Good point. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that Zombieland <clears throat> oh. is not a great yeah, That's a good comedy. point. That's a good point. Zombieland 2, bit of a disappointment. Okay. It was all right. It's a, just a bit outside. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't High say, and outside. I wouldn't <laughs> say that it's a, it's a complete disappointment. I've seen way worse sequels in my life. I think it's one that should have been made a little sooner, and I think it would have been more yeah, enjoyable. But I it was agree. still, I you you get extra points for Rosario Dawson. Always. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> going back, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but going back to sequels. Would we consider any of the Nightmare on Elm Street I have Freddy's Dead on the list because it's just straight. It's Twin Peaks with comedy elements. Yeah. Part five, right? Six. Six. Yeah. Don't mess up the timeline. (laughs) (laughs) I I like up through four especially, but I think even at four you start to have a shift into more humor. Yeah. uh, where, Where the emphasis is more on playfulness than it is scares. Um. You know what saves yeah. that for me, though, is the uh, special effects. Sure. That's what saves it It's for still me. horror heavy. Yeah. By, by all well, means. I, I think three was probably the last. Uh, three was a great balance because it was still scary and funny. 
four is one of my favorites, but the scares are gone. And then five went all dramatic and people hated it because it didn't have the humor like some of the other ones did. So yeah. I, that's probably where Freddy's Dead came in that they were like, well, they didn't like the teen mom angle. So <laughs> um, Freddy's Dead doesn't hold up that well. Um, but I think a lot of movies from that time period, because also on my list is Repossessed. I love that movie when it came out. <laughs> I forgot about that. You know, you know, I wore that tape out at our house from the part where that woman pulls her titties out <laughs> to Leslie Nielsen. Uh, oh, where he's wore asking the, her to wore them shits out when I was thirteen years old. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that one, and then uh, if we're talking about Leslie Nielsen, we have to talk about. Dracula Dead, love it. <laughs> I knew it was you coming. and the damn vampire movies. <laughs> yeah, you love them. You and your Dracula. Well, it's, it's probably the second best Dracula movie there is. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh man. You just got kicked out the pocket. <laughs> I, I think still like best spoof though, like a still scary movie, the original. Yeah. When Sean Williams gets that dick through his ear, <laughs> I lost my mind. That's part two, right? That's the first one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, check your timeline. <laughs> well, it's, but but they're doing Scream too. That's where it's a little. Yeah, that's where I got confused. Get off me, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scary Movie One and Two are both pretty good. Three has moments, and then and it's eight. just down from there. <laughs> yeah, part Eight was all right. We can we we can't overlook Critters, can we? Yeah, I have it on the list. When when do we when does it start being a horror comedy? When Critters. critters? Are you from kidding the, me? From the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, for real. I'm talking about critters. <laughs> critters. Uh, rip off gremlins. What about, you got munchies on your list then, too? I don't have munchies on my list, but I do have Tucker and Dale oh, I have Ooh, on that list, which a, is so good. One of the best American-made horror movies, yeah. or comedy, Amer- so horror comedies, yes, of the last two decades. I have on my list, and I'm not sure if it because it's definitely funny, but I'm not sure how. But I have they live because it's oh. more sci-fi, but that's, that's a, a tough one. That's man. a genre bender. It's yeah, it satirical. really is. It, it, it it's a genre bender on many different levels. Yeah, because it does it does tow that sci-fi, it tows the horror, and it tows the humor. It really does because yeah. Roddy Piper, who who is known as such a promo guy. And John Carpenter gave him a lot of leeway on his lines. So I think I think it's because of Roddy that we can even be talking about this as a comedy at all. Uh, I would say it is certainly more sci-fi and horror, but it certainly has comedy elements because of Roddy Piper. Before Definitely. we get too far from Scary Movie, I also want to, to give a little respect to uh, Haunted House. I like the Haunted House movies. <laughs> I've only seen the first one. And so it's basically a scary movie. It's uh, Marlon Wayans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, it goes on, and it's it's their first one that's like Paranormal Activity. And it's it's ridiculous funny. It's, uh, Cedric the Entertainer plays a priest, like Exorcist in it. And one of the best things is like he's like, all right, we're about to start this exorcism. And the guy's wife's name is Keisha. And he just looks at her and he goes, Demon, come out of Keisha! (laughs) (laughs) And it's hilarious. So, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's Haunted House. Professor? Um, I... 
trying to think of what area time-wise. There's a lot of uh, classic, like in the vintage era, that I really like. Uh, Ghostbreakers, you'll find out. Um, uh, there was a playfulness with it, like we discussed on the other episode with the Monster Come Club. On, newer movie, Ghostbreakers? No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, this is older. Okay. Uh, that's Bob Hope. I actually just bought that movie from Kino, I think, because they had a sell. Yes, they've been releasing a lot of his movies. And Hold That Ghost uh, with uh, Avon Costello. There was a lot of playfulness back then that really looked to do the balance that we're talking about yeah. with entertainers uh, to uh, really seek out to make people laugh and be scared a little bit. Yeah. And so you have some interesting examples with that back then. Um but on the flip side, if we swing up uh, more to modern times, uh, a couple I had jotted down were Club Dread and American Psycho, uh, oh, both of which I think man. tap into different areas of humor and uh, satire in very different ways, obviously. Um, I don't like that you brought up Club Dread because you like to make fun of me because I love Club Dread. Because it's Dude. fucking three hours long. <laughs> I never got the movie is dreadlocks. enjoyable, though. I do enjoy it outside of Favre and Vet and Dreadlocks and the three-hour runtime. It's it's an entertaining movie. It's just too long. But Chris, you love white people. <laughs> oh man, talk about one of my biggest things I hate. The Jet worst. Black. The worst. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. I I just I, I'm a mark for Club Dread. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Club Dread and American Psycho, I think, are both very. Uh, different approaches uh, to the topic we're talking about, but I think equally effective in their own ways. Um, Idle Hands is one from the oh, 90s that I love a lot. Idle Hands is so good. It's got a, a lot of good balancing of, of horror and comedy in it. I, I was just going to add on to uh, when I saw American Psycho in the theater, they the pe other people were so disturbed at us because we were laughing. It's funny. Yeah. Other people, I don't think, I think they took it as a horror movie and that's what they came to see. And they didn't get the humor, and they, they thought we were psychopaths. So, yeah, Sometimes. there's been a lot of recent, I've uh, seen uh, press going around that, sorry, everybody on the podcast is looking at uh, Grizzly <laughs> limping past the table. He's had a rough day. Um, but I, I, there's been a lot of press recently of, that um, Bale had modeled his performance around Tom Cruise on Letterman. Oh man, I can see Tom Cruise. Where he, he would just seem lifeless but overly <laughs> polished. And I it's just been it's I just ironically uh caught a lot of traction within the last week or two uh, hmm. before we did this episode, but I thought ah, I need to remember that because I can totally see it. Did we talk about uh Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice. No Beetlejuice. Don't say it. But that is an excellent choice. Um, of course, more comedy than horror. Sure. But the elements are married. Sure. but And that's a tricky thing with this subject, is if we were to go, in my opinion, if we were to go solely on the perfect balance of it, you've got less than five movies. Yeah. And so, to me, that's the interesting and fun thing about this topic, is that it's swayed back and forth with a lot of really good movies over the years. Beetlejuice is one of them. Beetlejuice isn't scary, but it's got horror elements to it. But I'll tell you what, I have two cousins that were about the same age as me, and when we were coming up, they had seen it, and Beetlejuice scared the shit out of them. <laughs> Little kinder trauma. It didn't scare me. Right. But it scared them. 
I think on the uh, lines of Beetlejuice, which uh, it, this movie always felt to me like it could have been a Tales from the Crypt, which is Death Becomes Her, with uh, Bruce Willis and uh, Goldie Hawn. Definitely not. Um, it, it's it's uh, not a horror movie. It's a comedy, but um, large amounts of, of elements of horror there. Um, plus, it's uh, <laughs> just the opening scene alone where Goldie Hawn... Uh, I know that t if it was done today, they'd gripe because she's in a fat suit, but when she's packed on about 300 pounds and her cabinet is filled with icing, um, that's all she eats is, is cake icing. And then she has about 30 cats running around. But, um, <laughs> the, I think the, for the time period, the special effects were really cool and the marketing was awesome too. Cause they had the really cool poster and standee where the, the candle was like going through Meryl Streep's hole mm -hmm. in her chest and. Or one of them had a broken neck. I think Meryl Streep is the broken neck one. And anyways, what about the ghost and Mister Chicken? Ooh, Ooh. what a classic! <laughs> That's on my list. Uh, Svengoolie said that that is their most requested movie on his show. Oh yeah, yeah. murder and calm. <laughs> it's a big reveal here. I had never seen that movie. Until my wife introduced me to it a couple of years ago. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it goes to Mr. Chicken. A lot of fun. No one played scared better than Don Knox. <laughs> they, they've no. kicked around a few of his Jackie movies, but the West. <clears throat> for the most part, that's movies that I nobody's been able to remake. Because, uh... What's oh, the, yeah. Mr. Limpet, I know they've talked about that forever, but like I think a, there's a reason they haven't. <laughs> Why the, are there so many the bizarre, uh, <laughs> The bizarre love guru, too. He was just one of a kind and can't replace him. <laughs> no, that's a great one. What about uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space? No, oh, man. Straight banger. And Zero like, Brothers, one of a kind. Yeah. So, and it certainly is. I showed this to my kid when he was too little and it scared the shit out of him, <laughs> uh, which I could not understand why it would scare the shit out of somebody because I'm a grown ass Some man. Cotton candy cocoon, son. But, like, there's no way. Like, there are elements of it that are scary at a certain age, but there, there's no way you can't look at it as comedy either, though. Sure. Like, like you say, the cotton candy. Turn people into cotton candy, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the shadow puppets. Come on now. <laughs> so here's the best thing. Great segue into another favorite horror comedy of all of ours. The Chiodo brothers did the clowns on this film, and they also did the trolls for Ernest Scared Stupid. Also scared the shit out of my kid. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look close enough, they actually repurposed a couple of the clown costumes for the trolls. Really? Yep, you can look that one up. They mm. they did use at least a couple of them. Uh, so, the, yeah. It's, I don't know why you're going to lie, but okay. <laughs> you ain't going to lie to kick it. <laughs> but, yeah. So, Killer Clowns, and then, again, Ernest Scared Stupid. You have heard us gush about that movie enough on this podcast in the past. But it's, it's another favorite horror comedy. You know, Quint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, there's so many good ones over the years. Uh, Theater of Blood, Vincent Price, is a wonderful horror comedy where he's uh, seeking vengeance on critics who have reviewed his stage performances poorly. Uh, Spider Baby, which we have covered 
on the show is another example, which would lean more heavily into the horror than the comedy, but it's still a horror comedy. Um, it's a, it's such a fun topic. And I, I think it's, it's ultimately at the core of what we chase with these movies so often that people don't want to give full credence to the comedy elements of it, but it's the truth. I mean, that's why something like an American war with London is so entertaining. That's why we love it. Yeah. Cause it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. How about Elvira, Mistress of mm. the Dark? So good. good. Call. So good. So, so fun. She is so damn funny. Yes. Wildly talented comedically. <laughs> I'll never forget that line where she gets hit in the head. And I go, oh, how's your head? Well, I never get any complaints. <laughs> like, it's just, she's just so clever. Yeah, yeah, and that movie was, we've discussed this before, it was such a place and a time. In the 80s, there was such an acceptance for these weird characters like Pee Wee Herman, Elvira, and Ernest. It didn't last long. To be accepted. Yeah, but it worked for a while. And it worked (laughs) for a minute. And Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, of course, is more comedy than it is horror, but it wouldn't be anything without those horror element, yeah. elements. And yeah, she leans so heavily into the outsider role. Just one of the one of the greats. Just one of the greats if you're talking about horror comedy. That movie is absolutely incredible. Definitely. So I had one speaking of Paul Rubens. I had Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the list, which I always liked the movie. The the T V show actually was the original tone they intended, but Although the movie was fun and it it didn't have any of the serious elements that the because the show definitely went back and Paul forth. Paul Rubens, Christy Swanson, Luke Perry, and David it, Arquette. Also, they this is also right after Pee Wee's little theater scandal too. So I thought it was cool that somebody put him in a movie because yep. it was pretty ridiculous. Donald Sutherland. Ooh, forgot about that. Uh, have y'all ever heard of a film called Fright Night? What's that? <laughs> Who's in it? Never heard. Of it. Again, another one that you have heard us all go on at length about how much we love. And, I mean, it's it's not a horror comedy, but it's definitely got a, mo- a lot more levity than sure. other horror films. I mean, it's uh, it's it's everybody's top ten vampire movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just so good. And, um, again, not... Technically, again, I wouldn't say it's a flat-out horror comedy, but it's a lot more funny. It's got a lot of comedy elements to it. And that's really the purpose that horror hosts served in the late 50s, early 60s, is back in the day, those old shock theater movies, the old Universal stuff and all that, they were still considered scary by most, most audiences when they were aired on television for the first time. And the horror host, for the most part, was there to add a little levity to break up the the, the heavy, scary tones of these movies. So horror hosts played a big part in horror comedy as well when that was first coming out. And that's what Peter Vincent does for yes, us. Absolutely. In, like in real yep. time. And that's what, I mean, the movie is just genius on so many levels. But he plays the horror host as the horror host, being the horror host in the movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like To give us that levity. Yeah. I think the the remake, though I like the remake, I think it kind of didn't feel as fun because it didn't have as much of the comedy elements. I agree. It's a really good remake, but it is missing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I do have a couple newer ones on here. So I, I do have Wolf Cop. I don't know if that was mentioned. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, which I still, I still have yet to see the sequel. Have we covered that on the show? Yes. We covered the first one. Yes. Okay. But yeah, I haven't seen the sequel either. I've seen the sequel. What, what? <laughs> oh, oh dude, man. Vinny is ripping the, the drywall off. <laughs> um, yeah. It's out of control. Wolf Cop is a good one. The serviceable sequel. Uh, <laughs> Not full blown horror, but serial mom. Oh, just yeah. up there for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that movie so much. Yep. Lots of fun. Well, that one too, like, uh, which I, for a while, I thought it was based on a true story, but even mm-hmm. that angle, which was how a lot of horror movies were sold around that time period, was that based on? Um, boy, let's talk about one that I am less generous to every time I revisit, and that's the Feast franchise. Yeah. Man, talk about one that really just knocked my socks off when the first one came out, and then I liked the second one and didn't care for the third one. And I was like, man, Feast 1 is so fun. Feast 2 is a blast. And I go back and watch them. I'm like, this is a lot more lowbrow. It's very lowbrow. Than I remember the first time around. Yeah. And so I just become less generous to those films with each reviewing. And so, again, it goes about to that balance because if the – the comedy was a little bit sharper. Feel differently. Yes, because it is scary. I mean, those creatures are scary. And so they do some of that really well. But you're right. If it was smarter comedy, it would have the lasting power. But right. because it's lowbrow humor, it's Beavis and Butthead. You so, know what right. I'm saying? Like, I, aging. Well, I yeah. agree because cause also same studio and everything, same stone is uh, style. It's from Dust Till Dawn. Which to me, uh, the sequels aren't very good, but oh, the yeah. first one definitely has. Uh, every I, I, every time I rewatch it, I like it just as well as the the first viewing. Never dreamed of watching the sequels to Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, the first one's great, and, it's, and that to me that one still holds up. And yeah. the uh, same again, the same time period is Slither, which is again held, held up pretty well. Yeah, that one does hold up. Even though it is also, which is on the list, is Night of the Creeps. Because uh, Slither <laughs> reminds me a lot of Night of the Creeps. <laughs> yeah, Slither is a, a just another take of Night of the Creeps. Not a direct ripoff, but same kind of concept. And I mean, come on. That's where Tom Atkins gets his catchphrase. Thrill me. <laughs> uh, the last ones I wanted to mention was just a uh, first uh, pairing of um, parodies in student bodies and Saturday the 14th, which aren't really worth exploring in conversation. Just, you know, they, they mattered in the sense of they really jumped in there at the height of the slasher craze with the, <clears throat> the teen moviegoers that were filling the theaters for that stuff. Um, but then one that I'm personally fond of is once bitten uh, with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Love that movie. Um, it's not one that I think of when I think of this topic initially, but it's pretty entertaining. And, um, both he and Hutt, Lauren Hutton, uh, fill the roles out pretty well. But again, it's a category that isn't overflowing with perfection. Yeah. And I think that's, what's so interesting about it. It's, it's just, there's been so few that really struck the perfect blend of it. It's interesting to me how well they like, in the 80s, you have a lot of comedy elements within horror movies. Uh, obviously, the Nightmare on Elm Street 
movies. But then even with the uh, Friday the 13th movies, you have a lot of, I mean, come on, the ooh, baby. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that's not meant to be funny? Right, you know? right. So there, and it's interesting, I think, because it allows, it alleviates a little bit of tension, but then sets you up to be scared. Right. So it, it I think that's what the what is the most interesting to me with the marriage of these two things, as how easily comedy and horror can be put together for effectiveness. I, I, it's just always been a very interesting. Yeah, they really belong hand in hand. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think one that pulls off perfect balance, and I can't speak for the sequels on this, but House. The, sure. the original house. Um, and again, I saw it at a young age, so some of the stuff scared me more than it probably should have, but it's definitely, um, there, you know, the, the, his old war buddy skeleton takes <laughs> yeah. his kid. So there's some pretty deep stuff. And then I can never remember the first and the second one. Yeah. All the first one. Um, also though is, uh, to me is one that I love is the frighteners. That's Frighteners rules. So good. Does and, that have and, a proper Blu-ray release? And you want to oh. talk about a great marriage of horror and comedy? Is that because there are parts that are visually very scary about mm-hmm. the writers, but of course that has the levity of most comedy and and Ghostbusters even. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, boasts the same thing. <laughs> I still that part in the Frighteners where Michael J. Fox thinks he's dead and his buddies are up there in heaven. He's like. Oh my God, am I dead? Am I dead? And they're like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he got to visit, but you got to go back, buddy. Cabin in the Woods also I'm... marries the two very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have Still, to this day, have any of you watched Witching and Bitching? It's a Spanish film. No. Oh, it's so fun. It's so good. You guys got to watch it. <laughs> I have a one. I actually have this on the VHS, so I don't think it's. I don't think it's even been put out on DVD. But Transylvania Twist, and it came out late '80s, and it actually has Pinhead and and like all the like Leatherface, and uh, it's definitely a parody movie. I feel like if I watch it, rewatch it now, I'm probably going to hate it. But is it better than Transylvania Six Five Thousand? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is, is it better than Dragula? <laughs> um, I'll bring up one here just because Vinny doesn't care as he walks away. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he's never seen Scout's Guide to the Apocalypse. Oh, I love that movie. Vinny, have you seen Scout's Guide? No. Good. Scout's he Guide to the Apocalypse. No. It's a good time. Yeah. A lot of fun. It's got some great uh, mass gore scenes. Yes. Yes, it's a lot of fun. It's done well. Um, yeah, as far as modern movies go, I think it's one of the better uh, American modern horror comedies for sure. I really um, a, a few years before that, Warm Bodies. Did you guys ever watch that? No, with the uh, the zombie, but it's like a comedy love story. Yeah, I watched that. Twilight with zombies? No, it's not Twilight. <laughs> no, when I say it's it's a it's a comedy, but. Um, I thought that was pretty well done. 
And then uh, also Krampus, which is right around the same. I think Krampus probably let most people down because they were wanting just scary, but they wanted a real Krampus movie. Yeah, I love Krampus, and as a uh, Krampus cosplayer, I get why people don't like it, but I love. Well, it. I hated it initially. Yeah, I love it. But when it initially came out, I wanted the traditional story to be put into a movie form, and it was far from that. I get that. But I've grown to love it now. It wasn't what I expected, but what I got, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, each year I love it more. And uh, also, I would think another one that are perfect. Well, Twilight Zone, I feel like just each episode kind of does different stuff, but I would say Creepshow and Tulsa from the Crib both are perfect blends. Yep. Um, you know, you might get some stuff that's uh, a little bit more horrific, but still a lot of comedy. Yeah. Um, along the same lines of Scout's Guide, a newer one, uh, Cooties. I, I haven't thought, seen it. I thought Cooties was lots of fun. I, I'm, it's on my radar, but I never got around to watching it. Heard good things. Vinny, Cooties? Never seen. Okay. i also never seen Final Girls either. So, oh, You've never seen Final Girls? My wife might murder you We're before you leave the <laughs> We're going to beat you with soap tonight in the sock. Dude, Final Girls is I'm, great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Final Girls. You'll love it. Definitely worth checking out. Um, for those of you listening at home, if you've never seen or heard of Final Girls, um, Girl's Mom is a cult star from a movie that she made early on. She dies. Something happens where they go to a screening of the film where they get sucked into the film. And it's her daughter is yeah her daughter yeah, yeah, yeah. her daughter gets sucked into the film yeah sucked at the theater and it's frequently the case with these movies where people who lived in anonymity while they made these movies twenty thirty years later are stars it's like what we see at the conventions and so you have that with her mom she wasn't a star at the time but it, you know her life was taken after this movie and then her daughter's experiencing the cult following. Years later, and it's it's got a lot of heart. That movie that's does so much heart. Yeah, that's a good one. Any of you seen Final Girls? Oh man, I have to revisit that. Sounds like a mash pick again. Yes. Um, Todd. Well, um, again, I'm not sure if I mentioned it originally, but Tremors. Yeah, Tremors is another good one. Um, on the lines of Tremors is also Eight Legged Freaks. Which I enjoy that movie. I just it was okay. Oh, you don't like you fun. love it with David Arquette. Yeah, what's wrong with you? He like he like he loved, <laughs> he loved Ready to Rumble. <laughs> yeah, no, don't get me started. Um, let's talk about the professor's favorite franchise, but Leprechaun. <laughs> God, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Cannot wait to read. Nothing scary or funny about those fucking piles of shit. Just hours of my life drifting away when I watch those. I have a, uh, I have two that go kind of almost uh, very similar to each other. I guess is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and The Toxic Avenger. Mm. 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 Getting them traumas. Professor loves them too. Oh yeah, traumas. <laughs> Which I think if you see any movie with trauma on it, you expect a lot of silliness too. So Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather watch those than Leprechaun movies. <laughs> oh, mother's day. Would you rather watch that than Leprechaun? Every day of the year. Woo! Wah wah wee wah. 
And I, oh, I, I love Warwick Davis, but those movies suck so much ass. God, they're bad. As you were. Go ahead. Time for a revisit. Yeah, I know. A little film out of New Zealand called Dead Alive or Brain Dead. Mm. Record setting blood usage <laughs> That's for a while. Right. I'll bet Vinny's Peter never Jackson. seen that one. Yeah, did you ever. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like, like Abner used to be more fond of this than he is now. I was a big mark for it, but it's, it just hasn't held up well for me over the years. Now. Said, Except for the scene with the priest with, I kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> uh, Dead Alive, I feel, is like the one everybody talks about, but did you ever watch Meet the Feebles, Peter Jackson? <sighs> His earlier movies are crazy. And a bad taste I've never seen, but I've just... <laughs> yeah. It's on my list of things I'm going to watch. I watched, be thankfully, made Lord of the Rings. Yeah, lots of people told me to watch Bad Taste, and I watched and it. And the and I was like, really? <laughs> thing, huh? Yeah, so, no, Dead Alive is... Well, Meet, uh, the, Meet the Feebles was fun for what it was, which was uh, an X-rated Muppets. Really weird movie, but... You do you, boo-boo. <laughs> uh, just a few more left on my list here. Um... Hocus Pocus. I mean, it could be more of a children's. I was gonna say I left off Hocus Pocus and like Monster Squad and Ernest because I felt like those are more. They all have horror qualities, but certainly are more comedy heavy. Yeah, but I think they qualify. Yeah, for sure. Todd. Well, also, I wasn't even sure because this one, to me, definitely I feel is a comedy, but it has a lot of horror elements. Is This is the end. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. Yeah, I'd put it more comedy than horror. But, I mean, there's like some exorcist and there's the devil. and It, it does get pretty depraved, too. It's true. It's true. Um, I do love that movie. Yeah. That one's really grown on me. Oh, um, I love it. Well, uh, a couple... I wanted to mention just from a certain moment in time with Vincent Price, it's the Raven and the comedy of tears. Mm -hmm. Um, those movies in that era, they really leaned heavily into the comedy, Mm -hmm. uh, with, with the caricatures that you could pull from those stars. Um, and I think that uh, for the topic, we have to mention those at least, even if you don't particularly obsess over those movies, it's important in, in the history of horror comedy. I'm highly surprised that you have not yet mentioned the Boo of Medea Halloween movies. (laughs) (laughs) Just, uh, they are what they are. I will say, uh, the first one, my dad loves those movies. The first, the first one they came out with was, that's the first Tyler Perry, like Medea movie I saw in the theater. I was like, well, the marketing worked, I guess, because it got me here, but, um, on that line, too, I'm not familiar with Meet the Blacks, but then when I went and saw Spiral, there's a trailer for Meet the Blacks, too, which is, I didn't realize Meet the Blacks was, like, like about horror spoof, but... Um, but it's so good. Yeah. I didn't know that one. Netflix, The Babysitter. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it. Oh you guys covered that gosh. years ago, didn't you, on the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinny, have you seen The Babysitter? What? I haven't seen either I one. What are you all doing? You uh, have to watch the Babysitter. And the sequel's pretty good. I'll get there at some point. I'm watching good so movies. They, uh, <laughs> was it Netflix the, that announced the uh, trilogy they're doing with R.L. Stein? Oh, Fear and, Street? Yeah. I'm pretty excited for that. But, yeah, Netflix is doing some cool stuff, too. But I haven't seen the Babysitter. Oh, my gosh. Did you ever watch <sighs> the editor? 
Because I feel like the editor would be up your alley. Yes. Wait, has very, there Christina Applegate in it? It's very, <laughs> uh, it spoofs the Giallo world. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good time. It's got some cool gore to it, too. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that movie. It's good. Uh, the Piranha remake. Mm. Fun horror comedy. I love that one, and I was excited for Double D, and then I was like, Bleh. Yeah, the sequel's trash. Oh, uh, I kind of <laughs> considered it maybe the best movie of the last 30 years, but <laughs> fair I guess, enough. I guess you'll hate Diddy. Was it the fish the fish swimming up her, up her cuckoo? Say yeah. it. Uh, say, say it. it. Nope. Say it. Nope. Mark that bingo card. Nope. <laughs> uh, last but not least, last thing I had, um, Reanimator works with that line. Definitely. Comedy. Stuart Gordon had a good sense of humor. Yeah. And I think that's it comes to the forefront more in that than any others. Cause like from beyond a little bit kinkier, a little bit more sadistic, yes. less humor reanimator really balances the humor. It's a good point. Yeah. Oh, I did have another one that came to mind. Your show. We're just living in it. Go ahead. <laughs> Todd, go ahead. I got <laughs> just kidding. Todd, 26 more. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to mention Baba Hotep. Robert's mm-hmm. favorite. Old second booty. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> It hasn't grown on me, but I don't hate it. There you go. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I dig it. I'll put that there. Uh, chopping Mall. Mm-hmm. I didn't have mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Maroney. <laughs> Todd? Well, uh, I think a big one would be Scream. Especially the first one, because um, definitely a horror movie with a lot of humor. Especially when you get to the ending and the, the killers are revealed. Um, especially the stuff with Matthew uh, Lillard, so and everybody's favorite Jamie Kennedy, so <laughs> and uh, a favorite of the podcast that we covered on a mash in the past, Death Spa <laughs> Banger <laughs> Straight Banger. <laughs> Who else? was it? Just me and you? Were either of you on the Death Spa episode? I was. On the I Death did. Spa you were on the Death Spa episode. All right, that's all I got. I was going to say, I had a few that we just recently covered, like Jennifer's Body. Yes, that also makes and, the list. well, Freaky, we just actually, one of those episodes will be released maybe before or after this. <laughs> uh, ready or not. Uh-huh. Um, we haven't oh, done... I'm confused. Is that Margot Robbie in that movie? <laughs> uh, uh, I can't uh, tell white women apart. We haven't done them yet, but Happy they Death Days, same. like both of those Bigot. movies. Um... <laughs> That's kind of like the essential one on my list. I actually had Summer School on here, which is not horror at all, but it does have the two characters and a lot of uh, fun stuff with... Uh, I feel like it, it's not a horror movie, but it has um, it has basically the average horror fan in that movie, yeah. which is Dave and Chainsaw. So. Dave and Chainsaw, the great and scene. And some cool-ass special effects. Where they're all butchered in the classroom. Yeah. Okay. Well... Well, sorry, this is a boring episode. Horror comedy. <laughs> we did fine. We did great. We did great. I feel like we, we did say horror comedy. Horror comedy. Once throughout it. Yeah, because that's, uh, that's uh, what I had to do, keep killing the dead air in the last episode. Yeah, this is great. This was great. Guys, what a treat. What a treat. Yes. Uh, wrapping up a night of uh, recording. Are you seizing? <laughs> <laughs> say the birthday song. Yeah, lots of lots of fun and drinks and hugs and kisses today, <laughs> and uh, we're back. Uh.
We're not, back, baby. Not all of us will be able to walk tomorrow. No, no. Can't walk tonight. <laughs> I'm dying. So. so. <laughs> <Poor. laughs> That's camping. Camaro <laughs> movie. So for the revisit of horror comedy, I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I have been delightfully joined by Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Denny. Ah, Toddy. Stale! Hey! <laughs> Stay scary, my friends. We out. We <laughs> out.